So if you've been attending our church, even for the last few weeks, you're going to know that there's been kind of a theme that we've been talking about. It's been this idea of release. It's been a word that's been on our hearts this year, and we were telling the, the Motion College students when they showed up here, we were like, we want you guys to be released this morning. And in fact, we get to put that into practice because we are going to release two of the Motion students this morning to share the word of the Lord with us. You guys, and we are in for such a treat today. Beginning, what, what I'll do is I'll just introduce both of them, and then you guys can just tag team off. Does that sound good? Okay, so first of all, Maren, would you stand up? She's going to be bringing the word. Come on up. And Parker, stand on up. He's going to be bringing the word after Marin. So let's just be prepared, be ready to receive, take some notes, get your Bibles out, get your apps out, and let's receive from the Lord this morning. Awesome. Good morning, everybody. I'm so excited. I'm so honored that we get to speak here today. Uh, we do a series at our church. It's 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. Um, and so when I was preparing for this message, we had... We have an hour of prayer every lunch. So I was sitting, I was praying, and God was like, just because it's hard doesn't mean you aren't called. And I was like, ugh, because <laughs> I have a very bad habit where if something's a little bit hard or scary or I just, I can't see myself doing it, I'll just shut I'm like, oh, Jesse can do it, Pia can do it, I can just back away. But he really put this in my heart, so that's what I want to talk about today. If you want to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to talk about a story found in there. Um, just to preface this, I wanted to ask you guys if you can think of a time where you've been uncomfortable, where you just don't want to do anything. The first thing that comes to my mind is something that happened around two years ago, a little like a year and a half, but pretty much two. I lived in Edmonton all my life, and I decided in 2021 that I was going to move to Kamloops. Now, I debated that move for... Like, over a year, maybe two years, it was just something on my mind, but it was like one of those things where you're like, okay, I could, but I'm not actually going to try. I'm not going to put any effort into that because I, that's too big for me. That's too scary. So until summer 2021, Jesse, who you guys have probably met, and his sister Sparrow spent so long, so many hours probably, trying to convince me to apply to this internship that Motion Church had. And I was like, well... I could, but I don't really want to because at the time I had three jobs in Edmonton. I, I did hair, Starbucks, I nannied. I did it all, touched all bases. But I was like, I just can't. This is too much. And last minute, like in the middle of the night, I finished up an application. I sent it away, and I was like, well, whatever. <laughs> whatever happens, happens. Long story short, I got the job, and <laughs> I was at the church in the summer. Now, this was really scary because I had maybe like, I don't know, two-ish weeks, I don't actually know, to tie up all my loose ends, quit my job, say bye to my family, all this stuff, and it was scary. I was 18, so, and it's the first time I'd be away from my family, so I was like, oh, geez, I don't know if I can do this at all. <laughs> um, and the first day I get in Kamloops, it was crazy. I moved on Canada Day, and Canada Day... <laughs> There was the huge fires going on, and that was like the biggest day, and it was so close, like pretty much in the backyard of where I'm staying. And it's funny looking back now, but the day I got there, I had to evacuate, and I, I had a sleepover with, she's now my friend, but at the time, I had no one, like, I knew of her, I talked to her maybe a couple times, but it was so uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable. So... I was in a new province, I didn't have my mom, I only knew a few people, and I knew of people, but no, I just felt so out of my element. 
And there were so many times where I was wondering if this was the best decision. Did I make the right call? Was this something I should have done? I thought, that's fine, I could always go back. My mom, she would always text me like, it's okay, Marin, you can come, don't even worry. Uh, it was very uncomfortable, but my life changed for the better. If I wasn't pushed out of that comfort zone, I wouldn't have been grown. I wouldn't have grown and been stretched the way that I needed to. Now, let's get into this big hunk of scripture. It's Matthew 14, 22, 33. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it really is you, tell me to come to you walking on water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Now, I wanted to point out a few things in the scripture. If you're taking notes, this is my first point. God calls us into uncomfortable situations. Now, what do I mean by this? God doesn't guide us towards situations just to make our lives hard or just like, ah, oh, that's so funny, that's a funny joke. <laughs> he ushers us towards uncomfortable obedience so we can experience his power, comfort, and joy. The uncomfortable seasons are when God pushes us outside of our comfort zone and calls us to grow spiritually. These storms help us grow and mature in our, mature in our spiritual walk. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I find when I get comfortable in my faith, I unintentionally take breaks from pursuing God. I get so caught up in my daily routine, I'm like, ah, that's it, whatever. And I forget about the one who provided me the comfort in the first place. But God uses these uncomfortable opportunities as a way to remind me about my need for him. When we're uncomfortable, we should ask God for guidance and strength because we need him. James 1, 2-3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. When we're uncomfortable, we grow. When we grow, we become closer to our Heavenly Father. So I'd like to challenge ourselves to get a little bit more uncomfortable in life. If you look a little bit deeper into the scripture, I'd like to highlight something really cool. Matthew 14, 22 says Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat. Other translations say made, and I wanted to point this out because, because God calls us into uncomfortable situations, so he'd meet us there. Point two, God calls us into uncomfortable situations, and he is there. Jesus insisted, he made, he insisted that his disciples went back into the boat. He knew the storm was coming, yet he still insisted. He could have just calmed it or like just stopped it and let it happen, but instead he chooses to calm us so we can walk through with him. He has given us everything that we need. He doesn't just leave you stranded. He wants to see you succeed. Joshua 1.9, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's with you wherever you go. He's with you in your relationships, in your finances. He's with you in your, your workplace. 
He's Emmanuel, God with us. And, oh, so special. <laughs> Philippians 2, 13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. We don't have control over many things, many of the circumstances. Things can be crazy. But we do have God's hand guiding us, providing us, and giving us the ability to work through and overcome whatever our circumstances may be. He makes us sufficient. He qualifies us for whatever we face. And when we fall, here's my third point, God will pick you up. Imagine what it was like on the boat. I, I just learned how to swim in the summer. So to me, this is a little bit terrifying. Uh, we read the story of Peter and how he got out of the boat and walked on water to come to Jesus. He did just fine walking on water. There's no lessons in that. You can't just like, okay. He was fine until he took his eyes off of the Lord. When he took his eyes off Jesus, he noticed the wind and the waves. He was immediately filled with fear, and he began to sink. What I love about this is it says Jesus immediately reached in and grabbed him. There was no humiliation, no shame. It was immediate reach. God knows you're human. He doesn't expect perfection. When you fall, Jesus is there to reach and restore you. He will walk with you through failure. Psalms 145.14 The Lord helps the fallen and lift those bent beneath their loads. He helps the fallen. So I want to leave you with this. Take that step off the boat. Jesus, let Jesus take you to those uncomfortable, those scary places. He'll be there to pick you up if you fall. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Now I want to invite my good friend Parker up. Awesome. Well, good morning, church. I, my name is Parker Sales, and I am just so pumped to be bringing the word today. And I just want to start by saying how honored I am, and I know all of my friends are to be here. It's such a blessing. And honestly, can we just give it up for your pastors? They're so amazing, and they, I, we had to see firsthand how much they love God and this whole church. So they're just, we love you guys. You're awesome. And so I want to be going through the story of when Jesus healed the paralyzed man. And for those of you who want to follow along, you can turn to Mark 2. And if you're taking notes, the title is going to be In Through the Roof, Out Through the Door. All right. But before we go anywhere, let's take a moment to pray and ask for the Lord's guidance as we go through this passage. So, Lord, we come before you with open hearts and minds. We ask for your guidance and wisdom as we reflect on this passage and the ways it applies to our lives. We pray that through this message, we are reminded of your amazing love and grace and that we may be filled with hope and faith. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, let's get into this. So, Mark 2, 1 to 12 says... When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men carrying, arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head and lowered the man on his mat, right down in front of Jesus. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said, 
to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. That's so powerful. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, Pick, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And then the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. And so the first thing that I want to talk about is faith. The story of the four guys who lowered the paralyzed man down through the roof to Jesus highlights the power of faith in the healing process. They believed that Jesus had the power to heal their friend, and they were willing to go through the ringer to get him to them, to get him healed, even if it meant breaking through the roof. And now, I don't know if you guys have ever climbed a building before. It's not necessarily an easy thing, let alone carrying a full-grown man with you who is completely dead weight. Like, this guy's not helping you at all. And on top of that, they also dug through the roof, which doesn't sound like an easy tack to me. Like, I can't imagine that was a soft roof or anything, so, because, you know, rain happens, right? But, <laughs> and, but this passage emphasizes the importance of having faith. And faith in Jesus and his ability to heal. Even, it, even in the face of seemingly impossible obstacles. Faith is not something we can see or touch, it is, but it is the foundation of our belief in Jesus Christ. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who eternally or earnestly seek him. This passage reminds us that our faith in Jesus is the key to pleasing God and receiving his healing. So let's talk about the importance of having godly friends. And I can attest to that myself because my whole life, I didn't really have any good friends. I didn't have godly friends to support me or anything. But God has blessed me with such amazing friends and family. And that is the best gift that I could have asked for. And I'm going to get into why that is so important. So it doesn't say explicitly in scripture that these four guys were friends of the paralyzed man, but I think we can put two and two together that they were definitely friends because random people weren't just going to go out of their way to go through this difficult task just out of purely goodwill. Like this wasn't something easy for them to do. The act of the four friends bringing their friend to Jesus highlights the importance of having supportive Christian friends in our lives. They believed in Jesus' healing power and were willing to go to great lengths to get him healed and get him help. And this passage teaches us that Christian friends can be a valuable resource in our spiritual journey and can help us to have faith and draw closer to Jesus. Mary, would you be able to pass me a water? <laughs> Thank you. And Proverbs 17, 17 says, and I love this one, 
A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. This verse tells us that true friends will be there for us in times of need. They will support us and help us to have faith in Jesus. They will also hold us accountable and help us to grow in our relationship with God. And I, I found this quote while I was preparing for this message, and it says, They seek their friends' welfare and find joy in prosperity of their friends. Their sorrow is in their friends' relegation and grief. Godly friends enjoy doing and enduring for each other. And Jesus kind of ties into that. So Jesus said in John 15, 13, there is no greater love than to lay, one, lay down one's life for one's friends. And that's very true. <laughs> Those godly friends will rejoice in our victories and offer a shoulder to cry on in our defeats. They, they will lift us up and remind us of the truth of God's word when we are feeling weak. They will be a source of encouragement and strength, helping us to stay focused on Jesus and our faith in him. They will be there for us in the good times and the bad, and we should be there for them as well. Key, that's key, because they're not just, not just one-sided. Relationships have got to be two ways. Right. We know this. <laughs> and in health and celebration, in sickness and struggle, true friends stick by each other. Come on. Lastly, my final point, the importance of forgiveness. So the man's sins are forgiven before he is healed, showing that forgiveness is an essential part of healing. This passage says that we all need forgiveness, and it is through Jesus that we can receive it. This shows the fact that the man's spiritual healing was more important than his physical healing. And as crazy as that sounds, like, oh, we, we all want physical healing when we're hurt or we're sick. But because sin is our greatest problem, it's more important than things like healing, happiness, community, and finances. It's so important because sin separates us from God. And it is only through forgiveness that we can receive and be reconciled to him. Jesus' forgiveness of the paralyzed man man's sins was an essential aspect of his healing. The physical healing was a tangible demonstration of God's power and grace, but it was the forgiveness of his sins that truly set him free. Forgiveness is not just about granting pardon to others, but also about granting pardon to ourselves. It's about letting go of past mistakes, like leave it back there, just move and moving forward. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. This verse reminds us that as Christ forgave us, we are also called to forgive others. Forgiveness is not always easy, but it's necessary for our own healing and growth in our relationship with God. And I'm just going to quickly call Andrew up to the keys. I think he already went up there, but awesome. The story of Jesus healing the paralytic man teaches us a valuable lesson about power of faith, the importance of having godly friends, and significance of forgiveness. And there's also so much more you can pull out of that. But that's 
but I want to speak to you about today. And it's, it's so important. And finally, forgiveness is essential to our spiritual healing. And it is through Jesus that we can receive forgiveness for our sins. So let's, let us take these lessons to heart and strive to have faith in Jesus and surround ourselves with our godly friends and practice forgiveness in our lives. Remember that the greatest problem is sin and forgiveness is the key to spiritual healing. And let's, let's try our best to focus on Jesus, the ultimate forgiver. He came to die on the cross for our sins and restore us to right relationship with God. So if you haven't had, or if you haven't given your life to God and you would like to make Jesus Lord of your life, then in a moment we're going to pray together right where you're seated. I'm not going to make you come to the front or anything. I'm not going to expose you. We're just going to leave you where you're seated, nice and comfortable. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you need his grace and forgiveness and you want to be included in this prayer and give your life to God or some of you come back to God, then please raise your hand high and say, include me in that prayer. Awesome, I see you. Now, everyone, if you'd please repeat after me as we support these people. Dear Jesus, I'm asking you today, be the Lord of my life. I know that I am broken. Would you come into my life? I accept you as my king and as my savior. Help me to live every single day with you at the center for the rest of my life. Amen. Can we give it up for those people? Woo! And something we always say back home is, Don't do life alone. Don't do faith alone.